0: no matter how big the mentor is that you're thinking of they're somebody just like you they may be a few steps ahead but they have problems just like you they've likely dealt with the same issues that you've dealt with and there's nothing separating them from you
1: if you're seeking a way to escape the cycle of under earning and overworking then you're in the right place Welcome to The Well-Paid Creative, where we discover how to run a profitable and satisfying creative business. I'm your host, Gabrielle Chipier, and I share what I've learned in my 17 years as a creative pro. From attracting quality clients, to earning more profit, to escaping burnout, and creating amazing work you love, we're going to cover it all. Join me as I interview experts and reflect on my own experiences, both the good and the bad. Before we dive into the show, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, hop on over to WellPaidCreative.com where you can find all this and more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Well-Paid Creative Podcast. I am so excited that you're here with me today and with my guest here today, Mitko Karshovsky. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Gabby. I'm uh, super stoked to be here. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit more about you. We were just talking about how you are currently in Bulgaria, enjoying the beautiful summer out there. And I know you kind of live more of a location independent lifestyle, something that a lot of us uh, definitely aspire to do. So uh, let's know a little bit more about you. Yeah, so as
0: people can probably guess based on the uh, dodgy name, I was actually born here in Bulgaria. And then when I was 10 years old, I immigrated to the United States. I grew up there. I did the whole school system there, uh, went to college there. And then while I was in college, I actually kind of like realized that I was on this path to like just a regular mundane job. And it just completely terrified me. Cause growing up, I never wanted that. Like I wanted to do something creative and something exciting and something fun. And I sort of realized that that's not the path that I was headed down on. And I actually decided to drop out of college because I was like, I need to do something really uh, like aggressive in order to make sure that I don't end up there. Because I could very easily just follow that path. And so I dropped out of school, I became really interested in entrepreneurship and the startup world. And I actually got involved in the sort of startup world in Cincinnati, which is the city in the US that I lived in. And through that process of working with startups, I ended up hearing the term digital nomad and got introduced to the the entire like online business location dependent world. And I was just immediately like, this is it. This is exactly what I wanted to do with my life. Like I've really you know, growing up in two different countries, basically split pretty halfway in terms of how long i had spent in Bulgaria and how long I'd spent in the US. I already had like this very global mindset, I'd say like I could never picture myself just living in one place for the rest of my life. And I just became obsessed with this entire lifestyle and the idea of how to really run a good location-dependent business that's remote first. And so my life has been that ever since. I quit my day job in 2017 and my wife now, girlfriend at the time, I've been traveling full-time ever since.
1: Wow, so it's four years of traveling.
0: Yeah, it's crazy when you say it's four years because that sounds so little. But one of the things that we talk about a lot with friends is that like, because we go to so many different places a year feels like so much longer. So to me, it almost feels like it's been 10 years, but on paper, it's only been four.
1: <laughs> I love that. So I wanna dive deep into a little bit of your beginning stages there. So you dropped out of college. What were you in college for, by the way? Biotechnology
0: and microbiology.
1: Oh, okay. So you drop out of college and you kind of get a little bit bit by this bug working with startups, hearing about Digital Nomad. What did you do then? What was kind of your first steps after that?
0: So at the time, we're talking about like the 2016, end of 2015 period. And what was really popular then, and it remains to be quite popular at the time now, although not as much, was dropshipping. And the reason for that, mm-hmm. uh, for people who don't know what dropshipping is, the a type of e-commerce in which you kind of just do the front-end marketing bits, and then somebody handles the back end of like the delivering the actual product. So you kind of sell it online through a website, you do the marketing, the Google ads, etc. And the reason why I got interested in that was because I have some background in like product and, and product businesses, but also it just seemed really like this very sexy business offer. You know what I mean? It was like, hey, you just sell these things online to people, you figure out how to run ads. And then somebody else does all the work for you, you know, the hard work of delivering the stuff. Uh, And so I actually, because I didn't have as much experience in e commerce, I took a course to learn how to do uh, how to build these stores, how to run a dropshipping business. That course kind of gave me the first skills, like the first seeds of skills, that then led on to everything else that I've done since. You know, like everything else is built uh, on top of that. So that was like my first real foray into the whole online business world.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, and you were mentioning before that you had a a lot of key mentors when you first got into that community, and that really helped you kind of bolster your career in this. So, tell me a little bit more about those mentors and, and the effect they had on you.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that as entrepreneurs, we need to be very mindful of is our strengths and our weaknesses. And I think a lot of people focus a lot on their weaknesses and they try to like fix their weaknesses, but they don't necessarily focus as much on their strengths and lean into those. And one of the strengths that I'd noticed now looking back, I've noticed for myself is that I'm a very good people person and I'm very good at building relationships with people further ahead than me. I don't know why. Usually that's the sign of it being a natural skill set. is that like, I'm not quite sure why it is that way. It just is, it comes easy to me. And what I did at the time, this course that I mentioned had a system where you could essentially like work with mentors who were successful, who had gone through the entire experience. And, and they could kind of give you a helping hand, right? Kind of like mentor you along the way. And what I decided to do was, I knew that the chances of me starting one of these businesses, one of these dropshipping stores on my own, would be less likely. I'd have less of a chance of doing that successfully than if I were to work with someone who had already done that, right? They would have gotten a lot more, you know, experience of of doing that, and would kind of know some of the pitfalls. And so. What I decided to do, my master plan, so to say, was that I used all of my hours towards one of the mentors that I kind of reading their bios. I liked him, uh, I, I felt like we'd get along. And so I put all of my hours into working with this one guy. And my idea was that by hopefully by the end of us working together, he'd get to know me, he'd like me, he'd see that I was trustworthy, and then I was gonna pitch him on building a store together. And that's actually what I did, and it ended up working To the point where he was like, yeah, sure, like, why not? You know, the idea was like, hey, we'll build this thing together and I'll do all the work and you'll be kind of like the person, my, you know, mentor guiding me along the way. And so that really helped me in multiple ways, really speed up the process of me building a business, you know, learning a lot more in terms of entrepreneurship and how to run and manage an online team. And on top of that, also my ability to quit my job and become location dependent. All of those things were accelerated quite vastly by my experience working with him.
1: Oh, I love that. And you know, and there's a really key lesson there. When you find someone who's in your industry, you know, however many strides or kilometers ahead they are of you, a lot of the times they really enjoy mentoring people and teaching what they know. And I know that kind of mirrors a lot of what I did when I was uh, younger in my business is I found a couple agency owners and they needed work that they needed to subcontract out. And I learned a lot about their business and their marketing agency and their design businesses. And the more I worked with them, the more knowledge they would pass down. And then the more work that they gave me. And it was just such a win-win for them because they got a really great subcontractor who was reliable and did great work. And I got all of that knowledge and they really had no compunction about just giving away the knowledge for free.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like we kind of have like a similar background because after e-commerce, I ended up going to the agency world as well. And I had exactly the same experience of, you know, working with other agencies. But I think one of the other things about, you know, speaking in mentorship and especially getting a mentor to trust you or to maybe not trust you, but to see potential in you and to see that you are somebody that is a worthwhile investment of time for them is to take action on their advice. Like one of the things that I've noticed is that there are so many people who are in these mentorship positions who are people that other people want their advice and they'll give away their advice for free. And then the person who's asking for the advice doesn't really do anything, right? It's almost like you want to hear what the advice is, but you don't necessarily take action on it. And if you're one of these, you know, if you're one of the people in the minority that actually takes action on it and then goes back to that person that you want to mentor you and say like, Hey, thanks for that advice. Thanks for that tip. Uh, I actually ended up trying it out. And here's what happened. That is like, I can almost guarantee you, you are maybe in the sub 5% of people that those that you know, that mentor has given advice to and you immediately uh, stand out from the crowd.
1: Mm, I love that tip. And yeah, and you're absolutely right. If you actually put that advice or tidbit or technique or whatever they tell you, the strategies into place. And then a lot of the times you can say, hey, I did this and it didn't quite work. Can you help me figure out why? Mm. Or and then kind of re-engage them to teach you more or how could I make this better? Get feedback, right? And You kind of set yourself up as, like you said, ahead of 95% of the people who won't take any action on that advice.
0: Yeah. And like, I mean, I think that we also... Overcomplicate or over, like, put too much weight on the word mentor because mentors come in a lot of different. Versions, right? Like, I'm, you know, when you read someone's book, it's a a type of mentorship, right? If you follow somebody on social media who is constantly providing high level uh, content that's beneficial to you, that's a form of mentorship. Obviously, it's not the type of mentorship that we think about when we think of the word mentor, but it can start that way. Like, I've had mentors who we started out just kind of like messaging back and forth on social media. But over the process of us doing that, they got to know me, maybe we like did a call at one point, we got to get a feel for each other over, you know, a zoom call, maybe at some point later on down the road, we met in person. So some of these like big relationships can have very small beginnings. Mm -hmm. And social media is a fantastic place to start those relationships.
1: Absolutely. And I know a lot of you are probably thinking, well, I don't want to bug them. I don't want to be a bother, right? Why are they going to answer me? And you'd be surprised as long as you're a respectful of their time, you're not going to DM them with like, hey, I think you're cool, right? It's, <laughs> it's very much being respectful and approaching them in a way that you let them know that you're valuing their time and their attention, and that you're willing to go over and above in order to earn that time and attention.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, I also think that I don't think you should get discouraged if somebody who you want to mentor you doesn't get back to you right away. Like, especially if it's mm-hmm. somebody who's high profile. Like, yeah, they probably get like a, like tons of messages, uh, you know, daily. But if you're consistent and not consistent in being a pain in the butt, but consistent in interacting, consistent in, like we said, like taking action on their advice, like, you know, you gave like a a really great example of if somebody on social media that you really like, that you'd love to get to know better, that you'd love to have as a mentor is posting some sort of advice take action on it. And you had a great tip, like go back to them and say like, Hey, this didn't quite work. Like you said it would. Why is that? You know, and that for them is a great way to create more content as well, to sharpen Mm -hmm. their skill sets as well, depending on what they're doing. And those can be incredible beginnings of of relationships right there and and mentorship. And I've had, you know, now that we're having this conversation, that we're talking about mentorship, There have been so many of these scenarios where, you know, I really liked somebody's podcast and I was a constant listener. And then over the course of months and years of interacting together, of going to similar events and meeting up, like those people have now turned into some of my very good friends online. That's something that I couldn't have said in 2017, 2016, when I got started. But, you know, over time, if you put in that work and you kind of show that you are somebody that's worthwhile, that's worth the time for them to invest in it. People are very willing to help out those who are just getting started.
1: Mm, I love that. We're going to get right back to the conversation because it is so good, but I want to tell you about a free quiz at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz. That's going to help you discover the unique hidden key to higher profit and awe inspiring growth in your creative business. Now there are so many keys to growth in a business but they don't all fit the lock of your business right now. That's why I developed the profit finder quiz, and it's going to show you exactly what you need to be focusing on to reach the next level. Now, making a decent living from the work you love doesn't have to be hard. And when you answer these profit finding questions for yourself, you're going to make it so much easier. Go take the profit finder quiz today. You can find it at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz and get your unique key plus in-depth strategies designed to help you see growth fast. Now, again, that's at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz. All right, let's get back to the episode. So what would you say have been kind of your top, I guess your top learnings from, you know, kind of working with mentors and having them kind of be a big part of your business and your career here, what have been, say, let's give you a top three learnings that you've gone along the way.
0: Do you mean in terms of getting mentors or like, what are the biggest lessons that I've learned while from working with them? I think that maybe the biggest one is that they're no more special than you are. Uh, Hmm. most of the mentors that I've had who are incredible human beings, don't get me wrong, are no smarter than me. They're no more talented than me. They don't have some sort of superhuman powers. You know, that's, I think sometimes we look at these people that are like authors on pedestals, right? Exactly. And we're like, Oh my God, they must have something, you know, that I don't have that allows them to be that. And that may be the case in terms of maybe habits Or mindsets, but it's nothing that they're like born with that you can't also get. Right. And so for me, I think that that's been one of the really key lessons is that like they're people just like me. Maybe they're a few years ahead of me, but they're people just like me. And because, you know, maybe I'll sit down with them over a beer and like, they have some of the same problems that I'm having or, or they continue to have problems, right? Like we sometimes look at these people and think like, oh, their their business and their life must be perfect. Like they've got it all figured out and they don't, right? Like the problems change, you know, as you go ahead, as you go further on in your journey. So for me, like I have to say, I don't know if I can give you three, but that is by far the most impactful one is that no matter how big the mentor is that you're thinking of, they're somebody just like you, they may be a few steps ahead, but they have problems just like you, they've likely dealt with the same issues that you've dealt with. And there's nothing separating them from you.
1: Yeah. And in my experience, the biggest differentiator is simply time and experience. I mean, they've been doing it for longer than you. So they've had those same trials and tribulations, they've dealt with those challenges sometimes again and again and again. And just in that process of just doing it for longer, they just might have a few more insights than you. And I love how you notice that, yeah, there's really nothing that much different. Like in my business, I mentor a lot of creatives and I tell them constantly, like you are probably a better designer than I am. You're probably more skilled. Like your illustrations are fantastic. Like your websites are amazing. I can't do that. The only thing that I can do better than you is relay my own experience and put it in a way that you can apply it to your own day-to-day.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. And I also think that the other thing that separates really high achievers from people who are maybe just getting started is action. This is something that I talk about a lot with people that I that I now mentor or, or students of mine or people in my community is like. It's action. Yes, time is important, but time is, in my opinion, not as important if you're not doing anything with that time, right? And I'm sure you'd agree Absolutely. with that. Like like everybody can call themselves an entrepreneur now online, but if you're, you know, if the only thing that makes you an entrepreneur is that it's in your bio on Instagram, but you're not really entrepreneuring anything, you're not going <laughs> to get any better, right? And so I really think that the people who I admire the most and the people who, in my opinion, tend to have the biggest achievements are those who swing the bat repeatedly over and over and over mm-hmm. again because in many ways business is business is not complicated right i always tell this to people it's not easy but it's not complicated all the businesses is, is finding a problem and finding a solution for it at scale that's all business is mm-hmm. right is solving a problem at scale and There's also a lot of luck involved in that. And in order for you to have luck on your side, you need to constantly be taking action and swinging the bat. And that's something that I find that a lot of high achievers, a lot of people that you would hope to become your mentors do over and over and over again is they take imperfect action. They might not know exactly what the answer is going to be, but they swing the bat anyways. And if you're looking for someone to mentor you, that is a high achiever, they're going to want that from you because they're not going to, you know, want to take on somebody as a mentee if, you know, they're going to have to like push them to do things. Uh, You know, they're going to look for somebody who is going to take action on the advice that they give them just like, you know, we talked about in the very beginning uh, of this interview.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. And so applicable. Now you've kind of transitioned a little bit more into mentoring and teaching and helping others. Can you tell me a little bit more about uh, about that?
0: Yeah. So one of the biggest ways that I do that at the moment is while I do a little bit of one-on-one coaching, uh, specifically in terms of taking people who are professionals and helping them build an online business that's location independent and self-sustainable. That's one of the things that I'm really passionate about is like, Hey, let's make this a business that can like you know help you out instead of it being a drain on you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the biggest way now that I mentor and that I help people is I recently started a community called parable because there's so many courses out there at the moment that teach you everything about building a business, right? From like you know how to come up with an idea to how to build a website for your business to how to sell, how to all those things. Yeah, but there's definitely no of the,
1: shortage of knowledge, that's for sure.
0: A hundred percent. And that's an incredible thing, right? That's something that like the people who were business owners in the 80s and 90s wish that they have had. But one of the things that I find that's missing from the ecosystem is something that shows you how to use that knowledge right mm-hmm. how do you deploy that knowledge when do you use it when is the right scenario in which to use some of the things that you've learned and the way that this has been in the past when i looked at you know business schools and mba programs is case studies very highly detailed case studies on a specific type of business because when you as an entrepreneur will look at case studies and you get to really understand why did an entrepreneur take this action? Why did they do this at this specific time? How did they build this business? How did you know the numbers affect their decision-making? You can almost put yourself in their position. And when you are put in the same situation in your own business, you know what knowledge to deploy and how to deploy it, and so that's why I started Parable because I didn't find I couldn't find anything like that on the internet at the moment for our industry, and I started uh, creating really really detailed case studies of online businesses that are remote first. So we talk about everything from the revenue, how did the revenue change? If the revenue changed, why did it change this way? What do they use to grow their business? How do they hire? Who do they hire? All of these things. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, that has been my main sort of focus in terms of helping business owners and location-dependent entrepreneurs for about the last six months.
1: Wow, I love that. And you know, and you're right, there isn't a lot of communities or offerings out there where they're essentially offering you discernment. Right. It's the ability to take that knowledge because we all have all of the knowledge, right? (laughs) And know exactly when to apply it and how and where.
0: Yeah. And you can almost become like, there's almost always something new to learn. And, you know, I feel for people who are just getting started, who can, they're inundated with, well, you can't possibly think about starting a business if you don't have a website. And you can't possibly think about starting a business if you don't have, you know, a, a growing Instagram or this other thing or this third thing or this fourth thing. And it's really funny when you kind of like get to look at these case studies. And I, it, it's funny, I had somebody that I was speaking with recently who's a member. And he was like, I almost feel kind of dirty looking at these case studies because I feel like I shouldn't be looking at this information. But <laughs> it's like... The thing is that you start to realize exactly what we're talking about is that, oh, these people who built these successful businesses uh, also didn't have a website when they just got started, and, you know, they didn't have these other things that you might think are necessary, and you just kind of get to see that, oh, this isn't actually as hard as I thought it would be. It just takes time, like you were saying, and then mm-hmm. repeated action over and over again.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, I'm I kind of want to go and join up now and get access to these case studies. So this is <laughs> well, we'd been, love to have. you. <laughs> <laughs> this has been great. So someone's just listened to this podcast. What are you know, your top couple um, action steps that they could take now
0: in terms of building a business, finding mentorship? Like, so for me, mentorship is I think one of the easiest ways to find really high level mentors is to pay them. I know that it sounds oversimplified, but there's multiple ways of sort of passing the filter of being just anyone, to becoming somebody who that person recognizes, right? So this can be anything from uh, joining a community, right? There's multiple times where I've joined somebody who I've looked up to, they've had a community, I've joined it and I, inside of that community, I've gotten to interact with them, get to know them better and, and get them as a mentor. You can buy somebody's course, that's a phenomenal way as well, because you know they see that you're somebody who's committed, who's an action taker. And then also I would really say is like, reach out to those people that, you really look up to and that you'd like to have as mentors and continue to reach out to them even if they don't respond right away. You will see like, you know, you message them a few times with some thoughtful ideas or some, you know, you know, show that you've really thought about some of the things they've said. And you'll see that maybe not the first, not the second, but the third time they'll get
1: back to you. And that's the beginning uh, of a relationship. Oh, I love that. So I ask everybody who comes on the podcast this question, and I'm intrigued to see what your answer is. Do you have like a hobby or an activity that you do on the side that's just for you?
0: Oh, that's such a, that one kind of gets me. Yeah. (laughs) That one kind of gets me because I'm so passionate about what I do that like my hobbies are in some way like revolve around this i think like the the hobby that i've discovered recently is i don't know if you have ever heard of like edc it's like everyday carry but my wife jokes about this is like i just watch like bag reviews online and like i love to like nerd out over like backpacks and like little pouches or like these things that are like everyday carry items and i just completely nerd out about them you know like want to go to certain events or you know where they're having conferences about them so I feel like that's like a hobby but still it's in some (laughs) way surrounded you know or around this topic of like working while traveling right because you know your backpacks and your gear are everything that you own and so they're very important Mm -hmm. uh, in my life but I would say like that's like a hobby and then I guess one of the other things is whenever I travel to a new location I think this is more in the hobby route that you're thinking of I try to do some sort of like physical activity, some sort of thing that's that location specific. So whenever I'm in Mexico, for example, I tend to go and take surfing lessons and work with surf coaches and that kind of stuff to improve my surfing. That's an example. If I'm in another country that I want to learn the language, uh, I might take some lessons to try to improve my language. And so I kind of base my things that I do outside of work, quote unquote, on wherever I am at the moment and what that location can offer to me as like an activity or, you know, self-improvement in some way.
1: Wow, I love that. And that's kind of cool because it kind of mixes it up depending on where you are. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well this has just been such a fantastic conversation, Miko. Where can people find you online?
0: Yeah, so people can find me online. Uh, maybe the best place is uh, Instagram. I'm quite active on there. If you just uh, search at Mitkoca, Mitkoka, M I T K O K A, you'll find me there. Pretty sure I'm the one of the only Mitkokas there. But the other places, I have a podcast where we talk about a lot of these things. Uh, it's called That Remote Life. So if you're interested in hearing a lot more about location independence, building a business online, how to do all of that, and you enjoy listening to podcasts, which I assume you do because you listen to this one. Uh, Uh, Yeah, you can just find that remote life anywhere you listen to podcasts. And then the final way is if you are somebody who's building a location-dependent business, if you're a freelancer that's looking to kind of scale your business up or just find like a better way of of running your business, making it more self-sustainable and taking a look at case studies like the ones we mentioned, you can learn more about Parable, the community at joinparable.com.
1: Perfect. Awesome. And we'll make sure that we link all of those below in the show notes. So if you're listening, go check out the show notes link. Thank you so much, Mika. This was absolutely fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on, Gabby. This was uh, was a ton of fun. Wonderful. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Well-Paid Creative. This podcast is sponsored by 12 Strong, a full-service marketing automations agency. You can learn more at 12strong.com. Theme music is by Silverhoof, and our guests are not paid for their time and energy, so please do give them any support that you can. Before we head out, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, visit wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and so much more. Join me next week for another episode as we continue discussing how you can grow and love a profitable creative business. While you're here, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, and if you enjoyed it, I'd be so grateful for a review or a share with someone you think would benefit. Now, let's hear some more of that amazing theme song.